to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to begin? Do you fear your job is in jeopardy or is your business income reduction keeping you awake at night? We're in the best time in 25 years to make a fortune in real estate without using your money or credit. My name is Ron Legrand, and I've taught a half a million people to do just that and personally bought hundreds of houses myself. If you'll call 800-970-6156, 24 hours, and leave your information, I'll send you the first 500 callers my hot new CD, Foreclosure Fortunes, and my best-selling book to help you get started absolutely free. I'll show you how to build a six-figure income part-time with no previous experience and no license, even if you're a busy professional. Call 800-970-6156, 24 hours, and get my new book and CD free. That's 800-970-6156. Take your life back and make this your best year ever. Call 800-970-6156 now. Boston conservative in the cradle of liberty. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Hello? I can't hear anything. All right, um, I'm not hearing anything in the headphones, so um, we're having a, a couple of minor technical problems today. You're listening to Chuck Moore Speaks, Monday through Friday, uh, 10 till noon Eastern Standard Time. Welcome to the program. Um, you're, uh, I'm about to uh, apologize for the, the minor confusion here, but um, we are having a few technical problems. I'm having to do this the old-fashioned way by... Calling into my own show, what the heck, right? Um, of course, uh, the program is Monday through Friday, 10 till noon. And um, here we go. And, and thank you for joining me this afternoon. Uh, we are joined by Philip Azalon, who uh, is an activist. He's a the presenter uh, of a blog. He's a uh, lawyer, a freelance journalist, chief activist, graduate student in political science. And um, his blog is uh, Justice in the Middle East. Philly, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Hello, Philippe. Are you there? Okay, so we are definitely having some tech technical matters, problems here. Um, we're going to hopefully get Philippe back, and um, let me see if I can just um, get to the, the board again and see if we can get any sound in the headphones. Sorry about this. You know, the radio business, we've got very complex systems. Okay. Um, I can hear... Um, uh, you know, I, I guess I, I can't... I'm not sure if I'm...
charities, and then you process paperwork, and you deduct it from their paycheck, but it turns into this massive thing that requires literally hundreds of people. Uh, and OPM publishes calculations talking about the overhead rates. And the overhead rates are pretty bad. They're like 20, 30, 40%. But what I found is that those overhead rates weren't including any labor. They were, including, they were not including all the people working on the charity drive. And obviously, labor is the major cost of any organization. So that's a major oversight. And when you take into uh, account the fact that taxpayers are paying for all this labor, pretty much all the charity that, fed, that uh, federal employees give is basically wiped out. The charities still receive it, but the taxpayers are subsidizing the whole thing. And the end result is, is basically a, a net zero almost. You know, this brings up so many questions. First of all, what do they need six months of work to do what probably you or I could do sitting at our computer for a weekend? I mean, with due respect, what they're doing, I mean, are they doing anything more than simply sending out a memo to people, asking them to donate to a charity? I know people who do this using their um, social networking systems. They don't need to have people spending six months getting paid, getting fed and getting clothed by you and I, the taxpayer, in order to get people to donate to a charity, firstly. Secondly, are these charities politically connected? Who are the charities? Are they... Is there anything involved in uh, situations like uh, we found out about the um, this so-called uh, environmentally good uh, light bulb, which which sends off these toxic fumes if you drop one, and then we find out that the maker of this light bulb had inside connections in, in on Capitol Hill, and that they he had been a major donor to the Obama campaign and Democratic candidates, which kind of brings up an issue of quid pro quo. Is there anything like that going on with regard to these charities that you've looked into at all, Luke? Well, you can give to any charity, which gets to your first point, which is if you want to give to charity, that's great. Everyone supports that. But you can do it on your own time by going to a website and clicking a button. The whole thing can be eliminated. That's the whole point of charity. You sacrifice your own time and money. And uh, with computers, it's very easy to do. Everyone is capable of finding a charity they support and giving on their own. Um, there's there's no reason to have uh, so so take this the DC region because this is all done regionally the region for a local where I am in DC has 29 full-time federal employees working six months out of the year uh, on this charity drive and then there's also 12 more that work for a contractor and their whole job is just to do um, Basically, what it's turned into is rewards for giving. So uh, a lot of these feds, they don't appear to want to give out of the kindness of their hearts. They want it to be a bake sale or a picnic or a day off. So I'm going to just stick with the conventional here and, and stay with the phones. And hopefully we'll have my guests back on shortly. Philippe, are you there? Um, okay. Um, we, If you're there, please speak up. Um, I'm doing this... Um, Okay, hold on. Uh, hello, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, thank you for joining me this afternoon, Philippe. There's um, just various technical problems here today, um, you know, that being radio being what it is. Um, I introduced you, and um, we talked a little bit about the fact that you are doing work with regard to uh, questioning and hopefully exposing why it is that people on the left are anti-Israel at this point. 
and what that's all about. Um, I heard you on with David Pakman. I think you're doing a great job. You have a tremendous blog site. Could you talk a little bit about this issue? Why is it that liberals, alleged liberals, are anti-Israel? Um, so thanks for having me. My um, my theory about this is that it's a testament to the power of propaganda. Not that uh, Palestinians don't deserve support, but I make a very strong distinction between being pro-Israel and being anti. Uh, sorry, being pro-Palestinian and being anti-Israel. Um, there is the sustained campaign of propaganda that's been going on for decades now that casts the Palestinians as absolute victims. It exploits uh, natural feelings of compassion through imagery most of the time. Um, it taps into narratives that we have in our holy repertoire, in our holy Western repertoire, like apartheid, civil rights, that are shortcuts to certain feelings. And on the left, there's a tendency to want to help the underdog. And instead of presenting the facts to the, to the liberal audiences or, or to the liberal public, it, it, it triggers feelings by using emotional mnemonics, by using imagery, and casts the Palestinians as victims. So on the long run, you have this continued experience of compassion that generates uh, a sense of identification. It's not based on the facts. It's based more on exploiting... Um, reflexes and, and uh, like I said, natural feelings of compassion. And since the Israeli side has not responded in kind in any way, um, you have uh, now almost a religious, uh, if I could use that term, it's a bit of an exaggeration, but a, a dogmatic siding with the Palestinians on the liberal on the liberal end, which the conservative side has not helped. Uh, uh, Philippe, I think that the the idea you're, you're quite right. I mean, this is a propaganda campaign. I mean, it goes back to um, when um, Abu Ayad and and the PLO members met with the North Vietnamese in 1973 in Hanoi, and they they said, "Why is it that um, your cause is so popular among left wingers around the world and on campuses, yet we're not well liked?" and uh, the North Vietnamese pointed out that uh, the Palestinians had to change their language. They had to stop talking about slaughtering the Jews and driving them into the ocean. That's not going to win them any friends. Mm -hmm. Instead, they should present themselves as the victims, And number one. And number two, they came up with this idea of a, quote, two-state solution, unquote, which is to say call for and try to get a portion of the country under the guise that you're involved in a, quote, liberation, unquote, movement. And then you could take it the rest of it later. And uh, Abu Iyad writes about this in his autobiography, which has not been translated into English. And uh, he said basically they went back with those marching orders and they implemented this idea, this propaganda campaign, that they were the victims and that there should be a so-called two-state solution. And it has taken hold amongst the left. Um are you aware of that? No, that's actually fascinating, and I should be aware of it. Um, I, I know and I've heard of a, a number of, uh, of such meetings, of, of such advice. Uh, I was going to point to the role Edward Said played in this. Again, as framing yes. the Palestinians as the victims of some sort of colonialism. Suddenly the Jewish people become this white colonial people. Um, but I didn't know about that particular meeting, and actually, thank you, because this is part of the research I, uh, I'm doing, and I, I, uh, I should look into it. Oh, it's fascinating. I've written several articles about it, which have been published. Uh, Philippe, the, uh, 
the other issue on the surface that that the idea that the left could accept the this uh, this complete preposterous lie that somehow the uh, the Palestinian Arabs and the Arab position is that they are the underdog. Uh, it, it's something that I mean. I have my own theory about it, which is that they don't really believe that they're the underdog any more than they believe that Stalin was the underdog, and when they loved Stalin or Mao Zedong, it has more to do with a hatred for America, a hatred for Judaism because of its advocacy of of individual identity and a belief in God, and uh, you know, kind of a, the. the bringing oneself up by the bootstraps, you know, the individual person, a- and a hatred for, uh, for Western uh, mores that, that drives this. It's not because they think Israel is weak or Israel is too strong. It's because they hate the fact that Israel is a free, democratic-oriented, Western-looking society. Uh, and they hate Israel for the same reason that I would argue at the very core they hate America, and they hate Christians. What's well, I would you? agree at base that there's definitely um, at root it's a, a perception of Israel as a foreign, unwelcome entity. They see Israel as an extension of the West. They, they make no, uh, uh, they don't mince words expressing that. Um, and uh, definitely, there's there's a, an immense level of hatred of, of Judaism, of Jews. You see it in, in official sanctioned Palestinian media daily. It's not something they even try to hide. That said, I do think um, maybe perhaps because they've been abandoned by the, the other Arab states in all but rhetoric, they have also bought into their own uh, narrative. It's, it's, um, there's a lot of things that play into this. You were talking about individualism. Palestinian society is a shame-based society. It's, not a, it's more of a collectivist society than Israel is, a lot more. And in that sure. sense, um, you know, being perceived as the, those who struggle for Islam or for the greater good or for, or for the Arab people has its worth. It, it, it's a form of uh, heroism on a, that side. So I think they have also bought into their, their own narrative that they are underdogs. And um, in a sense, they've, they've made themselves into underdogs that way. Um, Yasser Arafat would, would routinely encourage young children, for example, to go confront Israeli soldiers or, uh, or seek out uh, confrontation in front of cameras, which, you know, inevitably leads to, to injuries and death. Okay. You have a mortgage and a load of other debt. Wouldn't it be great if it all just went away? Nine-year mortgage can change your life. We paid off all of our bills. All your debt, including your mortgage, in as little as nine years? We will have saved over $313,000 in interest payments. Even have more money left over each month? It lowered our monthly payments by a little over $500. Nine-year mortgage. <laughs> Where have they been all of our life? If you knew about something like that, you'd want to tell everybody. Whenever I have a friend or someone that needs this service, I give them the number. Hi, I'm Larry Ruff, president of Nine-Year Mortgage. This is unlike anything you've ever seen before, and it will absolutely not harm your credit. Call for your free CD and learn how you can eliminate all of your debt, including your mortgage, much sooner than you ever dreamed possible. The more debt you have, the more we can help. Call for your free CD now, 800-383-5310. This works. Call the number. Call now for your free CD, 800-383-5310. 800-383-5310. Want to know the secret to success, kid? One thing, the Granger catalog and Granger.com. Okay, that's two things. 
Oh, and Granger's got mobile apps. Those sure are convenient. Three things to succeed. Hey, and 1-800-GRANGER. I know that number by heart. Four things. There's hundreds of branches, too. Like I said, the one secret to keep this place run smoothly is Granger. Get it? Got it? Good. Call, clickgranger.com, or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You have probably heard of the KISS system, K-I-S-S. Keep it super simple. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? This is Andy Willoughby presenting the simple three-step plan home business system. I really think that the main reason the three-step plan has been able to help so many people build a business working from home is because of its simplicity. If you have a telephone, internet access, and some good old stick to you can make more money working from home. For information, go to 3-STEP-USA or call 800 800- 480-2102. Our turnkey system will give you everything you need to be successful. Many three-step plan members are now in the top 2% of income earners in the nation, and they did it working from home. If you want a better financial future and think you might appreciate the freedom of working from home, we invite you to check out the three-step plan. Go to 3-STEP-USA or call 800-480-2102. Owning and caring for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Fix the A.C., build a deck, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, remodelers, whatever type of home pro you need. HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you don't have to search through a long list of pros. With just a few clicks, HomeAdvisor matches you with pros who provide the exact services you need. You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. Because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuildhomeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. Do you realize that when you die, your income that your family depends on stops? This is James Johnson. The right amount of life insurance will replace your income and not leave a financial burden behind. The mortgage still needs to be paid. The bills still keep coming. I'm telling you, this is so important. Live life and enjoy it, but make sure you've planned for the future with life insurance. Call me at 800-400-9434. Even if you have a policy, make sure you have enough and you're not paying too much. 800-400-9434. You'll want to listen when Chuck Moore speaks on the Information Radio Network. Thank you very much. And um, my guest is Philip Azzolini, is the host of a, um, of a blog site that being Justice in the Middle East. He is a liberal who is confronting fellow liberals on their anti-Israel position. Uh, the blog site is excellent, Philippe. It has great examples of um, of public figures, public politicians, and actors and and cultural figures who are supporting Israel, who are coming out in favor of Israel. You know, I was really disgusted recently to read that um, Roger Waters, um, who was with the formerly with uh, Pink Floyd, not only is he anti-Israel in that he's boycotting Israel, but he actually called Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones and urge them not to go to Israel. I mean, it's one thing if he's going to do it, but uh, what is, I mean, why, why on earth would somebody have those sorts of 
anti-Israel positions. I mean, I, I just don't get that. Well, we discussed it a bit. I think the uh, the the underdog element has a lot to do with it. I, I wouldn't put it past uh, Roger Waters or people like him uh, being narcissists. Um, there's something very rewarding about pitying people. Uh, pitying the Palestinians mm-hmm. makes him an automatic uh, benevolent hero in his own eyes and in the eyes of a lot of people. And um, that's something that once you, you've taken a public stand on, it's hard to, to come back to come back on. I think it's it's actually quite racist to uh, to always treat the Palestinians like victims. I uh, my parents are refugees themselves the from an Arab country, Jewish refugees from an Arab country. And there's a tendency in certain circles to also uh, want to pity um we call them Mizrahi Jews or Sephardi Jews, Jews from uh, Arab countries. And what that mm-hmm. does is mostly benefit the person doing the pitying. It doesn't benefit the uh, my group, in this example, are the object of the pity. And Roger Waters, I think, is just part of that phenomenon. It makes him feel like a hero to pity the Palestinians. He gets to look noble, and now he's got a lot of press from it. And so he's going around mm-hmm. calling people and telling them to follow his lead. Now, thankfully, the Rolling Stones are a class act, and uh, they went to see things for themselves, and apparently it was a great show and they had a great time. And, yes, I mean, the minute you exactly. step off the plane into Israel... You see that all of this, or, or the, the crushing majority of this, of this narrative and rhetoric about Israel being this oppressive state is nonsense. Exactly. Uh, Philippe Azulin's blog again is Justice in the Middle East. Philippe, you're you're critical of um, of Israelis and of Israel for not standing up and responding to this uh, propaganda campaign as it has metastasized, particularly across American and Western campuses. And, uh, I mean, I'd like to know uh, what you think would be a a good and appropriate response from Israel in in terms of combating this. So thank you very much for for that. I wrote a a piece analyzing uh, Palestinian propaganda from a psychological point of view about a year ago. It's appearing in a book by the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs, and that allowed me to think a lot about this specific question. I think it's the key question, right? It's one thing to analyze what's going on and to observe it. It's another to respond. Israel has, I believe, the facts on its side to respond in an emotionally effective way. The Palestinians wield victimhood as their weapon uh, in this cognitive war. Israel, to me, represents, as you were saying, individual values. It represents hope. Um, Israel is a state of indigenous, uh, an indigenous democracy made up of immigrants and refugees from around the world that were able to build a thriving democracy that has room for everybody, that is a melting pot, and that is achieving wonderful things in 65 years, despite impossible odds. I think that resonates with people. When you present something as, as inspiring, as a model to follow, it's, it's almost a, a vindication of the uh, spiritual, we shall overcome. Israel, in a way, is we have overcome. Mm-hmm. But that side is never, right. is never portrayed. That's, that's one. I would definitely just tell the story of Israel in a more narrative way that people can relate to it. Instead of talking all the time about Jewish rights, talk about what symbol it represents, that really if you push yourself and you work hard, you can defy almost any odds, and this is proof. And the second thing is that Israel basically, to support Israel, to support Zionism, is to support the right to be different in the Middle East. There's no other place where you have a right to be an atheist to be a liberated woman, to be an eccentric, to be any kind of, of, of marginal or, or different figure, 
uh, a minority Jewish Christian. It's the only place where it's safe to even be Christian on the Middle East. And instead, it's being portrayed as this oppressive place. Um, just because of Israeli absence, that's, that's making headway. So inspiring people through hope. I think Israel is a very much in a life, uh, a alive and proven symbol of hope and belief in yourself. And individual rights, the right to be different in the Middle East. I think if those two narratives are, are, are adhered to, and if we, we keep telling that story, which is the truth, I think we'll make more headway yeah. than just dry argumentation. No, I, I think that you're absolutely right. It's simply an exposing of the truth and a contrasting of that truth to uh, the other uh, societies in that region. Okay, we got one more break here. We'll be right back. Philippe Azeline is my guest. Justice in the Middle East. We'll be right back. ...with a pretty good idea on how you can earn extra money in your spare time and while you're doing it, help provide food for starving children. You heard me. Now you can earn money for your family and provide meals for hungry children all at the same time. Why don't you check out usagoodness.com. Get more information on starting a new home business. You'll feel great earning extra money to help the family budget, but you'll feel even better knowing that your work is actually saving lives. Go to usagoodness.com or call toll-free 800-301-6177. Again, 800-301-6177. You can earn some extra money for your family while helping other families in dire need of food and provision. 800-301-6177 or usagoodness.com and you can tell them Pat Boone gave you the number. James and April were deep in credit card debt. Paycheck to paycheck. Three kids. There was no extra money by the time we paid the bills. I was looking at 30 years before being out of debt. We need some help. So April made some desperate phone calls. She discovered nine-year mortgage. Well, it's definitely a unique program. Save money every month and pay your debts off in half the time or less. Nine-year mortgage changed everything. We have five to $600 extra at the end of the month, and the bills are paid. We'll be saving sixty dollars to $80,000. Hi, I'm Larry Ruff, president of Nine-Year Mortgage. This is unlike anything you have ever seen before, and it will absolutely not harm your credit. Call for your free CD. Learn how you can eliminate all your debt, including your mortgage, much sooner than you ever dreamed possible. The more debt you have, the more we can help. The stress is gone. The headaches are gone. No more debt. No worry. If you have too much credit card debt piled on top of a mortgage, call now for your free CD. 1-800-284-5572. 1-800-284-5572. 1-800-284-5572. Author, journalist, and American patriot. This is Chuck Morse Speaks. In, we are back. Philippe Azeline is my guest, Justice in the Middle East. Philippe, as you say, with all of its imperfections and flaws, and there are many because that's a human condition, the state of Israel nevertheless is the best reflection of a free society in the Middle East. I mean, it's uh, you know, you, on your blog you show, for example, that uh, the success of many Israeli Arabs who are in the military. We know that recently Israel's Olympic team was made up of a number of Israeli Arabs 
uh, Israeli, Miss Israel was an Israeli Arab. I mean, uh, this is something that would never happen in, in nations in that region if they were not part of the official way of being, if they were not uh, Islamic or even a particular strain of Islamic. And uh, I think that that contrasts quite well. I think it's also part of the reason why uh, many of the Islamic countries despise Israel. Um, Israel represents, in a sense, a liberation of people, including Isra- uh, you, you know J- uh, Arab Jews who who fled there, like you know who uh, who left this uh, these oppressive systems, and and who became freer, and that's a threat. That's a threat to that whole region. What say you? Um, I agree. Um, I, I don't. I'm not particularly fond of the term Arab Jew, uh, being from uh, my seeing that my parents are from an Arab country themselves. But absolutely, uh, and it's not just Miss mm-hmm. Israel. Um, the state of Israel is the only place in the Middle East where Arabs have the right, or Muslims even, have the right to vote freely, can express themselves freely, and it's in fact the only place in the world where Arabs can be free and at home at the same time. In the rest of the world, they're either immigrants when they're free and they benefit from democratic rights, or if they're at home, that means they're probably living under repressive regimes in the Middle East. Now, that might be changing with the Arab Spring, but it's a long way off still. Um, we have a Supreme Court justice, which I've met. I clerked at the Supreme Court of Israel, who is an Arab-Israeli. We've had ministers, ambassadors, um, officers in the army, like you mentioned, like I feature on my blog. There's also a number of young women who are active, who have tr- the tremendous courage to confront you know, the orthodoxies in their community and, and choose to defend Israel at a time when it's uh, obviously not popular in the Arab world to do so. And uh, one of them is featured on my blog also. I wrote about her in the Times of Israel, Boshra uh, Khalayla. This is a girl who grew up, just as an example, a girl who grew up in the Galilee in a very conservative Muslim village, decided to start to emancipate herself and to uh, leave religion aside a little bit uh, when she was in university. The first time she started even speaking Hebrew, she uh, did a number of degrees, and now she's traveling the world defending Israel in Arabic to uh, Muslim or non-Jewish publics. She went as far as South Africa. Uh, there's a whole other world from what is portrayed here, especially since it's become more of a wedge issue in politics in America. And it's a very important part uh, for me yes. of my fight because I strongly uh, believe and appreciate the uh, believe in and appreciate the the uh, Israeli Arab community. I think they're uh, of great potential and uh, and uh, very different from what is shown uh, in mainstream media. Oh, absolutely, and, and as mentioned, it's an enormous threat to the um, to the more authoritarian-oriented um, Arab nations, and I would even argue, maybe more subliminally, a threat to the left, which has an authoritarian tendency itself, and which has a an affinity for that sort of authoritarianism. This idea of the big government, the worship of the state, you know, the nanny state, you know, the government controlling all aspects of your life. And Israel represents a, a huge departure from that. It is a very diverse society, as you mentioned, in every sense, not just ethnically, but also in terms of ideas. And uh, speaking as an American Jew, I want to see the state of Israel stand up and the American Jewish community stand up and proudly declare that, um, that they are not only proud to be Jews, but they are proud of Israel as a Jewish state. And they're afraid to do that for many reasons. We'll be right back. 
most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they are true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. For a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Fix the AC, build a deck, remodel the kitchen, whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, remodelers, whatever type of home pro you need. HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you don't have to search through a long list of pros. With just a few clicks, HomeAdvisor matches you with pros who provide the exact services you need. You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. Because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to rebuildhomeadvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's rebuild.homeadvisor.com. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much, Philippe Azzelin's my guest. Justice in the Middle East is his blog site. Uh, Philippe is a liberal blogger who is reaching out to uh, the liberal community um, and uh, bringing a pro-Israel message uh, to a community that has been um, taken into varying degrees by an anti-Israel message. Uh, Philippe, we cannot also uh, avoid the question of money. The anti-Israel forces, I think, are backed by a lot of money, and I think that an example of that is one that was revealed by Professor Alan Dershowitz when he pointed out that former President Jimmy Carter, who wrote a book which referred to Israel as an apartheid state on the cover, 
received an enormous amount of money from a, from Saudi sources when he built his uh, presidential library in Atlanta. Uh, how much is uh, money playing in this? I mean, who's getting what and how much? I think it's a very, very uh, big part of this of this game. Obviously, I'm going to speak to what's going on on campuses. I'm a bit more uh, versed in that. Because, sure. Uh, I'm very active. So there's an organization. First of all, I mean, the difference you see is immediate, right? It's not just money. It's also how it's used and who's using it. Um, whereas the Jewish side has may get advice when, when it's sought by a number of organizations, like Stand With Us. Um, it's mostly undergraduate students doing this on their own with the budgets that the school allows them for doing activism. On the anti-Israel side, and I say anti-Israel because I don't consider it pro-Palestinian in any way to lie about Israel. Uh, on the anti-Israeli side, there's an organization called the American Muslims for Palestine, which is run by a guy called Hatem Bazian, who's a professor at Berkeley. Um, they pride themselves and they boast on their own website of being the ones setting the narrative in America for uh, pro what they call pro-Palestinian activism. And they have a direct line and influence over the Students for Justice in Palestine, which is the group on almost every campus you hear about this, uh, that is directing all these activities. They have graduate students, they have professionals, which they send around. And again, the Jewish organizations, when they have professionals, are usually there to respond to students coming to seek their help, whereas I think, and I'm pretty sure, on the Palestinian side, this is an organization which is directing what these students are doing. And I think, uh, I know that CARE has been involved in the past in at least defending students when there's been accusations that their activism crosses over into hate speech. Uh, That's right. We'll be right back. And they're also connected to Hamas. We'll be right back. Sorry about that. We'll be right back. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law, this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, proof of God in heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via his universal laws and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. Philippe Azuline is my guest. The blog is justice in the Middle East. Philippe, we're talking about this infrastructure that is uh, making a lot of headway in campuses around the United States. Its connection to CARE, as you mentioned, which is a co-conspirator in the Holy Land Foundation trial, which put a lot of people in prison for a long time because they were funneling money to terrorists in the Middle East. Um, And that they have been referred to, CARE that is, has been referred to in the U.S. Senate by liberal senators Charles Schumer and Barbara Boxer as a Hamas front. So we have here an open and avowed enemy of the state of Israel, a a group that wants to destroy Israel. 
fronting organizations on college campuses that are promoting uh, an anti-Israel position and doing so pretty openly. Right. Uh, the American Muslims for Palestine does it completely openly. Um, the professor I was talking about who runs it is the founder of the Students for Justice in Palestine. He founded it in 1993, I believe. And um, he may, he has no qualms and he makes no, he minces no words in, in, in opposing Israel. They also put ads up on buses in the Bay Area, um, some of which I would consider just flagrant anti-Semitism. There was one recently uh, saying that Americans pay taxes on April 15th so that Israel doesn't have to. And the imagery was very reminiscent of, you know, typical anti-Semitic canards. But I think just in general, um, whatever they put out is, is, is uh, highly misleading. And there's a campaign under the guise of um, fighting for rights and appealing to liberal student sensitivities to just poison minds against Israel on campuses. CARE was involved in defending a number of students who were charged with having gone way too far. Um, and for, you know, sure. for, for campuses to accuse students of going too far in defending Palestinian human rights, they, they really have to go very far. So CARE was involved in that, but in directing everyday activities, the American Muslims for Palestine and the SJP are uh, the main culprits. And they too have, uh, the American Muslims for Palestine have on their website or a number of websites, uh, at least the, this professor has been seen with, with people who are on the fringe of the American Muslim community who hold extremist views, uh, as you were suggesting. What do you make of J, what do you make of J Street? Uh, I'm not sure. They keep changing their tune. At the beginning, it seemed to me, to be quite honest, like it was just a ploy to weaken the only effective Israel advocacy organization, which is APAC. Since then, um, the, on campus, a lot of the students are very dedicated uh, to fighting BDS, the boycott effort against Israel. So I'm not really sure. I guess it depends when you ask me and who you're talking about. Uh, I don't very much... Right trust Ben Ami on his positions because they seem to, to vacillate. But, um, I, again, it would depend on, on, on the individuals. I think a lot of it is a reaction to um, conservative political talk on campuses as well. There's, it's because, Israel's unfortunately becoming a wedge issue rather than becoming uh, an issue of rights, an issue of justice. It's becoming a wedge issue. So when you have conservatives being, and, and I appreciate that, staunchly coming out in favor of Israel, there's a reaction on the left to also want to appropriate that cause in their own way. I think right, and unfortunately, they they are they might have a tendency to um, to get into bed with some radical anti-Israel groups that are fronted as we as we've said by 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 uh, by care, um, and that might be unwitting or otherwise. Um, Philippe, let people know how they can view your excellent blog. Well, my blog is, uh, thank you, first of all, for, for plugging it. Uh, my blog is, uh, this is just a bit of visuals there. I, I hope to buttress it with a, with a few articles. It's philosi, P-H-I-L-A-S-S-I-E, dot blogspot, dot com. Um, I also have written a number of articles at the Huffington Post and for the Times of Israel. And uh, my last name is Asuline, A-S-S-O-U-L-I-N-E. And my first name is Philippe, P-H-I-L-I-P-P-E. Or in America, as they call me, Felipe, <laughs> and you can find a lot of. I, I write. I've written a lot about uh, this this issue uh, in, in those places, and and I, I actually will link to it in my blog so that it makes it easier for people. There's a movement to try to force uh, Hillel's, which of course are Jewish uh, 
uh, you know, nonpartisan organizations on campuses to to open themselves up to anti-Israel organizations. They call it free Hillel's. Open Hillel. And there's a yeah, counter movement called Open Hillel. Thank you. Yeah. This, this, uh, this and then there's a counter movement called Safe Hillel. Yeah, is that going I, I anywhere? Do you people, think? Or? I know the people who founded it. I think it's despicable. There's there's a there's a flagrant use of tokenism when it comes to Jews that's accepted and is would never be acceptable for other groups. So the when you go to these divestment hearings where the uh, SJP or other uh, anti-Israel groups are propagating absolute hate speech, it's a common tactic of theirs to parade Jews who will come and, and say what they want to say, but as Jews, to basically kosherize anti-Semitism. And the most egregious one, I think, is Jewish Voices for Peace, uh, which is neither Jewish, in my opinion, uh, nor their own voices, nor for peace. But Open Hillel is it's yeah, an extension absolutely. of that of that uh, movement, and they um, they're doing it more and more aggressively. They're using Jews to say what they okay, can we'll, say. Okay, we'll be right we'll be right back. Sit tight, one more minute. We'll be right back. Safety, safety, safety. I'm saying it three times. Studies show you need to hear something three times to remember it. So remember, safety, safety, safety is important to me, me, me. That's why I love Granger. Granger has the products to help keep our facilities safe and people safer. Say it with me, kid. Safety, safety, safety from Granger, Granger, Granger. When you think safety, think Granger. Get it? Got it? Good. Call clickgranger.com slash safety or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Do you realize that when you die, your income that your family depends on stops? This is James Johnson. The right amount of life insurance will replace your income and not leave a financial burden behind. The mortgage still needs to be paid. The bills still keep coming. I'm telling you, this is so important. Live life and enjoy it, but make sure you've planned for the future with life insurance. Call me at 800-400-9434. Even if you have a policy, make sure you have enough and you're not paying too much. 800-400-9434. Back America, one listener at a time. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. And uh, Philippe Asseline is my guest, Justice in the Middle East. He's got articles up on Huffington Post. You might want to check those out. Uh, I suppose, Philippe, a, a, a response to the Open Hillel movement might be uh, that uh, pro-Israel people should be able to speak at the, um, the, uh, these Arab uh, clubs as well, I guess. That would be the, the, the logical and just thing. Unfortunately, we're far away from that. But that said, I have to tell you, I'm quite active at, uh, online and uh, in, in, in this activism. And every single day, there are more and more Muslim and Arab Zionists who come out vocally and start to question fantastic. the misleading orthodoxies on the other side. This is a fantastic new development. I would say it's been going on uh, for three, four years. I was very uh, involved in actually promoting some of these people I was saying earlier, writing about Israeli Arabs who go around the world defending Israel. Um, so we, we were a long way away from having an organization, uh, for example, Arab Voices for Peace, like there's a Jewish Voices for Peace. However, there are more and more Muslims and Arabs who are coming out and speaking uh, in favor of Israel. Well, I certainly applaud their courage. Uh, again, let people know how they can get to your blog and find out more. Okay, so my blog is philassi.blogspot.com. That's P-H-I-L-A-S-S-I-E dot blogspot.com. My articles are on the Times of Israel, timesofisrael.com, and um, Huffington Post. And my name is Philippe Asoulin, P-H-I-L-I-P-P-E, and A-S-S-O-U-L-I-N-E. 
Philippe, I want to thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. We should do it again soon. It's been a pleasure, and I look forward to it. Thank you, Chuck. Thank, thank you, sir. Okay, so that is Philippe Asseline. He is, uh, he's got just this great blog site up. And uh, he's appealing to liberals who are being taken in by this anti-Israel movement and pointing out essentially that Israel is uh, a state, the only state actually that is friendly to real liberals, not necessarily to people on the far left, I suppose, who might find more resonance in, in a place like Iran. But uh, when we're, t- we're talking here about American and westernized liberals. Anyway, we shall return after commercial breaks. You're listening to Chuck Morris at the, I- at the IRN USA Radio Network. Stay tuned. This fall, fire danger, or other type of home emergency, Life Alert is there for you. The company with its slogan, Help, I've Fallen and I Can't Get Up, protects its members. Here are some of them. When you have a heart attack like I did and there's no one there, Life Alert was there for me. Having a secure feeling through Life Alert is ideal. My independence is possible because of it. Now, Life Alert can also protect you in a fire emergency with a system that automatically notifies our monitoring center. Thanks to Life Alert, you can live alone without ever being alone. With Life Alert protection, elderly people can avoid or delay going to a nursing facility. For a free brochure about Life Alert service, call now, 1-800-304-3912. That's 1-800-304-3912. Call Life Alert now for your free brochure, 1-800-304-3912. Partners in each state we do business. Our initial consultation is free, but there will be a cost to retain the firm. Granted law is not licensed in all states. Attention homeowners. The government administration is pressuring lenders to do more to prevent foreclosure with its home affordability and stability plan. If you own a home and you're having trouble making your payments or facing foreclosure, you need to call Granite Law's mortgage helpline today at 800-279-7978. A loan modification program can stop foreclosure proceedings, forgive late payments and penalties, take your adjustable rate mortgage to a fixed rate, and even reduce your mortgage payment to as low as 2%. I seriously started to believe that we might end up on the street with our two kids. So we called Granite Law and they helped us get our past due payments forgiven. And we got a lower interest rate. <laughs> and now we have a payment we can afford. If you're having trouble making your mortgage payment, you need to call 800-279-7978 today. Again, that's 800-279-7978. You don't need equity or good credit. You just need to call 800-279-7978. conservative in the cradle of liberty you'll want to listen when chuck moore speaks on the information radio network thank you very much hour number two of chuck moore speaks here at the irn usa radio network you're welcome to join the program 844-439-1391 844-439-1391 i again want to thank Philippe Asseline for joining me in the first segment, uh, who is the host of a blog site uh, for uh, liberal Jews with regard to uh, a pro-Israel position. Uh, we're now joined by Ash Shaw, who is uh, with the uh, 
Washington Examiner. She's a reporter. Uh, she's got an article up. Sandra Fluke was was not the top choice for voters in her district. Ash, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, just to give some background here, Sandra Fluke, of course, uh, came to fame thanks to Rush Limbaugh and his reference to her as a slut, which was way overboard by by all admissions, including his own. However, Rush was emphasizing an issue during the 2012 campaign, and that was that uh, that uh, Sandra Fluke was a student at Georgetown University who wanted the government to pay for her birth control um, and uh, and to do so as part of the Obamacare uh, plan. She claimed that uh, opposition to uh, the government paying for her birth control and for women's birth control was somehow a war on women. Um, putting aside the fact that some an, a, a reporter over there did a little research and uh, found out that her birth control was about 10 bucks a month, um, she was able to uh, become the uh, the poster child, so to speak, of that movement. Uh, so uh, talk a bit, a little bit about her and about uh, how she is trying to get involved in politics in California. Well, we really have Rush to blame slash thank for this because if he hadn't said anything about her, we probably really wouldn't know her name. I mean, I was watching the hearing, just yeah. Democrats made such an issue out of it, but now she's like a flavor of the month candidate, one of those 15 minutes of fame she's using to run. And uh, she at first was going to try and run for Henry Waxman's seat, you know, the congressman that's retiring from California. Yes. She was going to run for that, but it appears a deal was made with the state party to allow uh, state senator Ted Lieu to run for that position instead of her and to allow her to then run for the state Senator Ted Lou's position. So that's what she's doing. And she goes into that. This is the West Hollywood district. I mean, this is a, a district that covers Hollywood, which is her number one fan. I mean, she's on MSNBC sure. every other week or so talking about her candidacy, and she has the best name recognition, and yet still... She didn't get the most votes in the district. Now, she still does go to a runoff because the way California primaries work is that the people, the top two people who get the most votes move on. But it's just with all that name recognition and being in West Hollywood, she still couldn't get the mm -hmm. most votes from Democrats. I mean, yeah, yeah. bad for her. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's ironic given the fact that um, – She's been given essentially millions of dollars worth of free publicity by the liberal MSNBC and probably other media outlets, and yet she still couldn't garnish enough votes even in a local state Senate election. Now, uh, is this, uh, Ash, do you think this is a reflection of um, what is happening right now in California generally? Because I understand that um, the candidate who's running for Waxman's seat is behind the Republican, of all people. I, it might be a prelude to what's going on in California. I mean, you, it's tough to gauge California voters, but, but given mm. the fact that, you know, the, the challenger to Ted Lieu or for Waxman's seat is ahead, the Republican challenger is ahead, and that 
um, the well-known Fluck wasn't able to get the most votes. I mean, her challenger, Ben Allen, I mean, he comes from the largest precinct. He has a base there. He also has um, a very wealthy donor helping him. But again, as you said, MSNBC gave Fluck millions of dollars worth of free publicity. So, you know, it's tough to gauge California. I mean, it's a strange state. And Mm. given the fact that people are just fleeing that state and the liberal policies that are just strangling it, maybe they are waking up. It should be very interesting to watch. Or maybe just that Democrats, you know, they have a tendency to eat their own, so to speak. I mean, Sandra Fluck serves her purpose kind of as a uh, a kamikaze attack during the 2012 election by getting into this really nasty claim that uh, Republicans are in a war against women because they won't pay for birth control. Now, after Obamacare is being implemented and it's so unpopular, they they kind of probably want to sweep her aside and hope the voters forget about that. Basically. I mean, here she is a testament to just the, you know, the, the just the absurdity of Obamacare. I mean, she's kind of just like the number one cheerleader. I mean, and then sure. with how unpopular the law is, how you don't really want, you know, the face of it walking around in Congress. Yeah. saying it's not not that Obamacare is not bad. It needs to pay for more. I mean, that's basically what right. she's saying. Free birth control, free this, free everything. And if you're not, then, you know, war on women. That's right. And I think now that Obama has been safely reensconced into the White House and that they're in trouble in the midterm elections, they would just as soon, you know, put aside talk of either Obamacare or the war on women both of which uh, are unpopular. I mean, it's, uh, you know, in in the mind of the voters, both of which, uh, in the case of the war on women, I think that that was a very manufactured issue. Um, My understanding is that it was cooked up by an ad agency right here near my own hometown of Boston, that being the Fenton Group in in Providence. I've had some dealings with them. Very left-wing ad agency. Uh, Celinda Lake, who was a a figure over there, came up with this idea of... uh, baiting the Republicans into this uh, war on women, bringing up birth control as an issue, which it really was not. And then when it was discovered that uh, birth control would be covered by Obamacare, um, embracing that as as something that, uh, you know, to, to criticize that was meant that you have something against women. Um, and, and I think it actually worked pretty well for them in 2012. I mean, um, Maybe I come from a liberal milieu here in Boston, but I heard women, including in my own family, say, gee, the Republicans hate women. You know, they're in a war against women. They're going to take away women's rights. So, you know, that kind of politics can work well um, in certain conditions. I just think that it did its thing. It it was successful for them. And they just don't want to play that card again. It's not going to fly. Mm -hmm. Right. I I mean... They don't want to call attention to this law as much as they say they want to, as much as Nancy Pelosi goes out there and says that it's going to be a win for Democrats this year. Behind the scenes, they definitely know that it's not going to be a win. And Sandra Fluck can't get herself away from what she's known for. I mean, 
she tries to turn every issue into a woman's issue, and it just comes off looking ridiculous. She was on uh, MSNBC, of course, a couple weeks ago saying that campaign finance reform is necessary because the laws now somehow hurt women. I and like I don't even right. because because apparently people donate less to women candidates. Okay, well, how is campaign finance reform going to change that in any way? No idea. Happens. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean it's sort of the it's it's the way that in the maybe in the 1980s or 1990s they would attach the word civil rights to anything and that, and and claim that it had something to do with um you know the civil rights act of 1965 and that to be against it meant you had something against african american men and women uh asho you are a, you're a young reporter you're in touch with kind of the 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 beat generation the 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 y generation whatever um you know is it true that uh, younger people now are what Rush Limbaugh calls low-information voters, to generally speaking? Well, I think that the more accurate term to use these days is low-interest voters, where, especially with Mm. young people, they might have one thing they really care about, like legalizing marijuana, you know, or maybe, Mm. I guess, there's some immigration for, you know, dreamers um, or any number of things. And so that's really all that they care about. So if they hear a candidate talk about that in the way that they like, then that becomes their candidate. So a way to get the youth is to just talk about what they care about, you know, because, I mean, studies have shown that, that the party that you vote for the, your first couple of elections is going to be the party you vote for pretty much for life. So, the fact that so many young people have now gone to elections voting for Democrats, then it's very difficult for Republicans to get them back onto our side. And even though they are turning away from Obama, there's no indication that they're really going to go to the right. And, and, you know, it's ironic because there's been a recent poll that indicates that one out of three young people between the ages of, I think it's 18 and 29, are living with their parents, you know that they're graduating college with with enormous debts that they they and they can't get a job, and yet there they are. I mean, as I think Paul Ryan said during his acceptance speech in 2012, sitting in their bedroom in a basement with big posters on the wall of Che Guevara, and they're not employed, and yet they're voting for Obama, and you know he's running, he's the head of this economy that's doing this. I mean, how do you explain or can you explain this rather odd disconnect with almost with reality, I suppose? Well, because during the election to them, Obama said the right things, said the things that sounded like he was going to help. Meanwhile, Romney and Ryan were not saying things that sounded like they would help. And you can say lower taxes so businesses can afford to hire more doesn't resonate as much as we're making um, your student loan debt go away, you know, because that's an issue that's like right, Mm. right there on the tip of their tongue, you know. So saying the right things really mattered. It didn't matter so much that Obama oversaw this economy. They didn't connect that because they just heard him saying, we'll make your student loan debt go away. We're going to help you find a job. Not even, didn't even have to say how. 
really. I guess it's sort of like what George Bernard Shaw once said. He said, if you steal from Peter to give to Paul, you're going to always have a friend in Paul. Right. And, uh, you know, they're waiting, you know, they're getting their hand out, and sure, they're, they're going to side. It's like self-interest. Their self-interest is the government giving them a handout. Right. So uh, which they're... side's going to give them the handout? Right. They're yeah. looking at that. But now people are starting to notice um, – that the, the saying isn't even so much rob Peter to pay Paul, it's now becoming rob Peter to pay Paul and still tax Paul because they keep coming up with ways mm. to get money from Paul, whether through the Obamacare tax that's going to affect 200,000 low-income Americans or whether it's putting a tax on all of the products that they use, like cigarettes or, or soda. Okay, we're going to take a brief break here. Ash shows my guest commentary writer with the uh, American exam with the uh, Washington Examiner. We'll be right back. James and April were deep in credit card debt. Paycheck to paycheck. Three kids. There was no extra money by the time we paid the bills. I was looking at 30 years before being out of debt. We need some help. So April made some desperate phone calls. She discovered nine-year mortgage. Well, it's definitely a unique program. Save money every month and pay your debts off in half the time or less. Nine-year mortgage changed everything. We have five to $600 extra at the end of the month. And the bills are paid. We'll be saving sixty dollars to $80,000. Hi, I'm Larry Ruff, president of Nine Year Mortgage. This is unlike anything you have ever seen before, and it will absolutely not harm your credit. Call for your free CD. Learn how you can eliminate all your debt, including your mortgage, much sooner than you ever dreamed possible. The more debt you have, the more we can help. The stress is gone. The headaches are gone. No more debt. No worry. If you have too much credit card debt piled on top of a mortgage, call now for your free CD. 1-800-284-5572. 1-800-284-5572. Have you ever thought you'd like to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to begin? Do you fear your job is in jeopardy or is your business income reduction keeping you awake at night? We're in the best time in 25 years to make a fortune in real estate without using your money or credit. My name is Ron Legrand, and I've taught a half a million people to do just that and personally bought hundreds of houses myself. If you'll call 800-970-6156, 24 hours, and leave your information, I'll send you the first 500 callers my hot new CD, Foreclosure Fortunes, and my best-selling book to help you get started absolutely free. I'll show you how to build a six-figure income part-time with no previous experience and no license, even if you're a busy professional. Call 800-970-6156, 24 hours, and get my new book and CD free. That's 800-970-6156. Take your life back and make this your best year ever. Call 800-970-6156 now. Hi, I'm Joan London, and if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just given me names. They found me a place for what she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now very confident that she's safe and they just helped every step of the way and I can't thank them enough. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, call a place for mom. This is a free service and you can trust them to help you. 
If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, 800-469-7591, 800-469-7591. Today in America, people wake up worrying about their job and paying their bills, and that stinks. People in third world countries wake up worrying if their children will have anything to eat, and that stinks even worse. There's a way to help solve both of those problems. Get on the Internet and go to usagoodness.com and find out how you can be a social entrepreneur. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? I'm Andy Willoughby, and for years I have been helping people work from home. With usagoodness.com, you can earn extra money working from home by helping to feed starving children in poverty-stricken areas. How great is that? The only tools you'll need are a telephone, Internet access, and a good work ethic. We'll teach you how to be a social entrepreneur and earn extra money while helping others. Go to usagoodness.com or call 800-301-6177. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much. And my guest is Ash Show. She is an editorial and commentary writer for the Washington Examiner. Previously, previously, she worked as an editor and writer for the Heritage Foundation and Heritage Action for America. Ash, we're talking here about uh, younger people coming into the uh, professional world, uh, beginning to vote. Um, you, you mentioned, I think, quite accurately that uh, there's a tendency on the part of younger people to focus on one issue. I know that when I ran for Congress in Massachusetts, this was in 2004, um, and I addressed a high school group. I gave a presentation. I talked about the issues that I stood for, and I asked if there was any questions, and they only had one question, and that was, what is my position on gay marriage? And uh, at the time, I pointed out to them that that really wasn't a congressional issue. It, it, we had the Defense of Marriage Act in place, supported by both parties, and it, it wasn't you know, the, on the forefront of a congressional issue. But they didn't care. They just wanted that one issue. And I've noticed that this is a tendency. Even my own teenage daughter is interested in maybe one issue. Um, and it, there's a lack of ability maybe or an unwillingness to open the lens a bit and take a look at bigger, the bigger picture. Why do you think that is? Is this part of our educational system? What's going on? Well, part of it's that. Part of it's being young. You're not, until you get out into the world and uh, older in jobs, you don't start to see what other problems are around. I mean, now you've got young people getting into the job market and seeing that, you know, uh, the jobs just aren't there, and they don't aren't realizing why that is because they haven't, most of them haven't had a business or know much outside of the academic perspective of economics to really realize that um, simply raising the minimum wage isn't an answer or that it's much better to, you know, raise the amount, you know, the, all the conditions around the business so that they can raise the wage rather than doing it from the other side. And 
they just haven't realized that yet. I mean, there's some of us who get super into politics when we're young, and then we learn about these things, but the majority of people, they just don't get into it like that. I mean, I have my friends back home. I talk to them, and I tell them, oh, I'm a reporter in D.C., and they're like, that's cool, and then that's it. They don't want to hear anything else. Right. I mean, they, like, they care less. I had a, I was just talking to some of my friends this weekend, and one of them asked, have you hung out with any big political people that I would have heard of? And I'm, like, trying to tell them, oh, well, you know, I was at an event, and this person, haven't heard of them. Oh, I was at this event, and this person was, I haven't heard of them. I'm like, so the Senate minority leader don't hmm. don't even know. So it's just, I mean, outside of Obama, I don't think... A lot of them really know yeah. any of the names. Well, in a way, it kind of goes to Russia's point about the the low information voter. I mean, I have the same thing when I if if it comes up that I do a radio talk show. Really, who have you interviewed that's famous? You know, who have you interviewed that I've seen on TV? Who who's you know, it's uh th- there's no discussion of of what are the issues I'm developing. You know, what are people out there talking about? Um, I don't know if it's that they don't care or it's just that. There's almost a kind of a, a shutdown quality to it. They don't want to get into controversy. I wonder if it's not that our education is becoming so compartmentalized that people don't, you know, everything is all in these little sort of separate entities. People don't think cognitively. They don't put it all together and look at a bigger picture. And, uh, I, I mean, that's just, I mean, uh, an observation. I'm not saying that's the case, but... It just does seem awfully odd to me that, uh, that you know, in a sense, maybe it's part of this uh, entitlement mentality that people don't have the sense that they're going to actually have to go out on their own and, 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 and sink or swim. Um, you know, and I think that obviously the Democrats play up to that with their entitlement programs. You know, the government is going to be taking care of you from for, for your entire life. That's the purpose of government as opposed to I'm going to be a, a sovereign you know, individual responsible for myself and that the government's there to protect my rights. I mean, it's just a different philosophy, I suppose. Right. I mean, it's starting to get that issue that, you know, parents have taken care of them and, and just this mentality where things are getting easier these days that there's just, I mean, again, I go back to my friends that I was at this weekend. I mean, how many of us, outside of D.C. go to the, our friends and they're they're sitting around watching TV, working in low-wage jobs with no real desire to better themselves. They're fine living in a small apartment with their best friend as their roommate, drinking on the weekends and, and not doing much else. I mean, right. Okay, we got another break here. We'll be right back. Ash Show is my guest, Washington Examiner. We'll be right back. for a home comes with a lot of to-dos. Fix the AC, build a deck, remodel the kitchen. Whatever your home improvement need, HomeAdvisor can help you find a pro you can trust to get the job done right. Go to rebuild.homeadvisor.com for instant access to top-rated pros in your area, including electricians, handymen, remodelers, whatever type of home pro you need. HomeAdvisor is absolutely free to use. At HomeAdvisor, you don't have to search through a long list of pros. With just a few clicks, HomeAdvisor matches you with pros who provide the exact services you need. 
You can read customer reviews of the pros, even use the cost guide to find out what hundreds of other home projects cost in your area. Because HomeAdvisor knows it's important to find a pro you can trust in your home, they conduct background checks on their service professionals. It's just one of the reasons more than 25 million homeowners have used HomeAdvisor. Go to RebuildHomeAdvisor.com to find the right pro for your project. That's RebuildHomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's a serious fall, fire danger, or other type of home emergency, Life Alert is there for you. The company with its slogan, Help, I've Fallen and I Can't Get Up, protects its members. Here are some of them. When you have a heart attack like I did and there's no one there, Life Alert was there for me. Having a secure feeling through Life Alert is ideal. My independence is possible because of it. Now, Life Alert can also protect you in a fire emergency with a system that automatically notifies our monitoring center. Thanks to Life Alert, you can live alone without ever being alone. With Life Alert protection, elderly people can avoid or delay going to a nursing facility. For a free brochure about Life Alert service, call now, 1-800-304-3912. That's 1-800-304-3912. Call Life Alert now for your free brochure, 1-800-304-3912. Chuck Morse speaks. Thank you very much, and my guest is Ash Show from the Washington Examiner, uh, columnist, blogger. Ash, you've got an article up here. Miss USA contestant suggests women learn to defend themselves, and feminists naturally go apoplectic. What's the deal with feminists on that? I mean, I can't imagine a better and more empowering um, process than a, than a young woman particularly learning how to defend herself. I mean, you would think that if feminism is all about empowering women and equality, that teaching women how to defend themselves would be a top priority. But apparently, uh, feminists would rather women not be able to defend themselves, not know how, and just, I guess, just get attacked so that they can claim that there's a war on women and women are oppressed in America and uh, where the, it's the worst country in the world to be a woman despite, you know, the things going on in other countries where women aren't even allowed to wow. drive or leave a house without a man's permission. And yet she got attacked for that. She got attacked for that. And oh my. you look, and there was another contestant who uh, spoke about that, about women being aware of their surroundings and knowing what's going on around them and learning self-defense techniques. And she wasn't attacked at all. And the reason being, I believe, is that uh, she was conceived through during a rape. So I don't think the left wants to hold her out, wants to attack her because of that and because it would go against their narrative that Every woman who gets raped wants an abortion. Hmm. Uh, wow. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I remember there was a controversy with a um, a congressman running in 2012 who said that um, a woman, I mean, obviously wrongly said that a woman would not get pregnant if she was raped, and uh, which is absurd but and, and a dumb thing to say. But nevertheless, his whole career was destroyed for this. And... Uh, you know, I was thinking that uh, here you have a situation where not only was he wrong, but the fact is that you have 
many, many thousands, if not tens of thousands of young people and people who are alive today because their mothers decided not to murder the, murder the baby in the womb. You know, they made a choice not to have an abortion. And, uh, you know, th- that's something I suppose that would run against this, this rather odd narrative. Now, as far as the, the business of self-defense, I mean, to my way of thinking, I know my daughter took uh, model mugging, um, and I think all I urge all young women to, to do that, you know, to, to learn to fight off a mugger. You know, I mean, you can't expect someone else to, to always be there to protect you. You should learn how to fight. It's a basic. I mean, the fact that they would be against that, I, I think that's almost criminal. Right, and they're saying that by telling women that they should learn to defend themselves, that in a way that, blaming the victim, saying that, oh, you, you're the reason you got raped, that if you had defended yourself, then you wouldn't have been raped. This is not what they're saying at all. It's just one of the many things that can help avoid a situation where you're raped, knowing your surroundings, exactly. walking, if you're walking home in the dark, you know, have whatever you have to defend yourself ready to go just in case. Just not getting so drunk, you know? I mean, it's just, mm. there's little things. Now, of course, you have to do other things, like um, t- to protect women, but to demonize someone who even suggests self-defense as a as a solution, as a, as a help, is really wrong. I mean, you have women Christ. saying, we don't need to teach women to defend themselves. We need to teach men not to rape. I mean, really? Women don't need yeah. to know something. I mean, how look, both, both things are, yeah, both things are true. Right, but how do you yeah. teach I mean, a bad person not to do a bad thing? I mean, you can teach the good person to defend against the bad thing, but bad people are going to do bad right. things. That's right, and I, but I think both things are true. But, uh, you know, you, you talked about the real war on women. I, recently here in my, in my state, in Brandeis University, um, Ayan Hirsi Ali, who had been raped and molested and put into a forced marriage and, and uh, underwent, uh, well, we'll get into it when I come back. Hold on. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, proof of God in heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via his universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, 
eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law of this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, Proof of God in Heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via His universal laws, and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. To buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to begin? Do you fear your job is in jeopardy, or is your business income reduction keeping you awake at night? We're in the best time in 25 years to make a fortune in real estate without using your money or credit. My name is Ron Legrand, and I've taught a half a million people to do just that, and personally bought hundreds of houses myself. If you'll call 800-970-6156, 24 hours, and leave your information... I'll send you the first 500 callers my hot new CD, Foreclosure Fortunes, and my best-selling book to help you get started absolutely free. I'll show you how to build a six-figure income part-time with no previous experience and no license, even if you're a busy professional. Call 800-970-6156, 24 hours, and get my new book and CD free. That's 800-970-6156. Take your life back and make this your best year ever. Call 800-970-6156 now. You'll want to listen when Chuck Morse speaks on the Information Radio Network. Guest uh, columnist with the Washington Examiner. Ash, I was just mentioning that... uh, Ayan Hirsi Ali, who is a uh, an activist, a feminist, and who opposes oppression of women in Islamic countries, and who in her native Somalia had been um, a child bride forced into a marriage, raped. She had had child. She had circumcision. I mean, terrible background, terrible abuse, and who's written several books about it. She uh, should be a champion of, of feminists, and yet she was invited to. Receive an honorary degree at Brandeis University, and then, due to pressure from a group like CARE, the American Islamic uh, um, Association, she uh, Brandeis rescinded that degree and backed down. And feminists came around at that college and attacked her. So this is the same phenomena that I think you're describing um, with regard to uh, the USA contestant being attacked for for standing up for for women defending themselves. What say you? Well, because um, apparently uh, for liberals, it is okay to attack a woman more so than it is okay to attack Islam, basically. Um, Their Mm, beef was that her writing that she said that Islam needed to be abolished and things like that, and and you're just not allowed to say that anymore. And it doesn't matter whether you went through horrific um, atrocities and that you're now speaking out against those atrocities and um, the religion that, you know, allowed that to happen to you. They can ignore all of that because she, you know, spoke ill of Islam and therefore she is not a credible person. And cut down everything else she went to, everything she speaks about, just because of that. 
Well, I mean, I don't even think she said anything that that strong. I think she just said that she was critical of Sharia law as being anti-women, which, uh, you know, I would think that that women would rally behind that. I mean, this is, uh, you know, a, a set of laws that are implemented which which turn women into uh, pieces of property. I mean, a woman has, is, has to cover from head to foot, walk around like a moving telephone booth. I mean, what, what, and they can't come out against that? I mean, it's, it's, it's almost inconceivable. We'll be right back. Most of us have pondered about the one universal question. Is there a God? And if there is, is there any absolute proof? It is for that exact reason why my good friend Sam Sorbo and I, Marius Forte, have written our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven. In essence, the answers in our book are surprisingly simple as they're true. Just as light will eliminate darkness, so does the law, which in Greek is called cosmos, eliminate the possibility of chance. Therefore, chance had no part in the creation of the law, this cosmos. And so the only other possibility is that the law was created by a creator that we call God. The answer, proof of God in heaven, is probably one of the most powerful books that truly proves the existence of God via his universal laws and with it that of an eternal soul and everlasting life. Please find our book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, now on Amazon.com or at our website, theanswer-book.com. Author, journalist, and American patriot, this is Chuck Morse Speaks. Thank you very much, and my guest is Ash Shaw. She is with the Washington Examiner. She's an editorial and commentary writer over there. And, uh, Ash, I guess we're trying to um, kind of wade through the weeds of feminism and just find out if there is any particular unifying principle there. Is there. Are there any principles that can be inspiring, particularly for young women, you know, who are coming up? I mean, why would a young woman want to... Um, become a part of this particular brand of feminism? This particular brand of feminism? I mean, as we were talking with the youth about the, the wanting um, someone to help them, wanting to be basically be a victim, needing help. I mean, that's what a feminism of today is. It's about every woman is a victim. You're starting out making less than a man you're never going to make as much as a man you have to pay more you have to work harder you are going to probably be raped at some point i mean it's all these you're a victim and creating this victim mentality really in order to get them to the left the democratic side at a young age when in reality i mean this is what the greatest country in the world i mean just realize that you have every opportunity here and that there might be some things that are tough, but it's not as bad as they try to make it seem. It's not even bad at all. Well, uh, no, I mean, it's, uh, you know, this idea of creating or fanning the flames of resentments and, and um, as a way of dividing people, I think, and of creating special interest groups. Um Ash, is there any truth to this charge that's uh, kind of a meme almost and has been reiterated by the president, putting aside the fact of his own cabinet and of his own office, of women getting paid less than men? 
Well, when you look at that figure, they say that women make 77 cents to the dollar that men make. When you look into the details of that, you realize that it is incredibly misleading. Across the board, women make less, but it's not due to discrimination. It's due to the choices that women make, taking jobs that are that pay less so that they have uh, more flexibility to take care of their families. Women are still the right. primary caregivers in the family. So when you when you control for things like that, then you see that the wage gap pretty much disappears and that the remaining couple cents can't be linked to discrimination. No one can link it to that, but they're going to go out and say mm-hmm. that you make that I make less than I make 23 cents less than my coworker next to me just because I'm a woman. It's not because he's worked there longer than me or maybe his articles get more attention than I mine do or maybe he's a more well-known name than I am and he has more experience than I do. No, the only reason I make less is because I'm a woman and he's a man. I mean, that's what they're trying to tell people. Right, and I mean, I think you you allude to one of the factors that's there for many women, and that is that women want to take time off to have children, to uh, they want flex time, which is good, um, to uh, spend more time with their children. Men are more less likely to want that, although I think men should want that, but uh, and many do. But nevertheless, there is still the, the kind of the traditional model, which is the man is there working a 40, 50-hour-a-week you know, job, whereas the woman takes time off to have children, comes back as a flex partial you know, employment, and, and and as such, you know, it's not really accurate for her to expect to make the same amount of money, you know, it's just, you know, putting aside the male-female piece of it, it's just uh, someone who's there working the full-time job is going to go up and get raises and go up in the company, whereas someone who isn't doesn't, I mean, it's just, it's kind of a, a natural thing, uh, so uh, I think that has a lot to do with it, and um I mean, I would imagine that a woman who works the same hours as a man in, that, in a high-powered position probably is earning about the same, if not the same, and if not more. Right. I mean, you can discount all the situations where women make more uh, than men. And, it, again, even in high-powered positions, I mean, they had the attacks with Jill Abramson that she made less than her predecessor. But her predecessor right. had been – you know, working at the New York Times longer than she had when she was promoted. So, I mean, when you get into areas of um, where they're subjective, you can never prove that it is purely discrimination. I mean, there's just no way to. I mean, it has more to do with um, how people see you, how what kind of work you're doing, which Abramson did very good work for the organization. But she hadn't been there as long, um, you know, New York Times is just continuing to lose um, readership, ad revenue. I mean, it's just it's right. not the greatest place to work now. No, in fact, the paper literally is shrinking. All right, we'll be right back.
James and April were deep in credit card debt. Paycheck to paycheck, three kids. There was no extra money by the time we paid the bills. I was looking at 30 years before being out of debt. We need some help. So April made some desperate phone calls. She discovered nine-year mortgage. Well, it's definitely a unique program. Save money every month and pay your debts off in half the time or less. Nine-year mortgage changed everything. We have five to $600 extra at the end of the month, and the bills are paid. We'll be saving sixty dollars to $80,000. Hi, I'm Larry Ruff, president of Nine-Year Mortgage. This is unlike anything you have ever seen before, and it will absolutely not harm your credit. Call for your free CD. Learn how you can eliminate all your debt, including your mortgage, much sooner than you ever dreamed possible. The more debt you have, the more we can help. The stress is gone. The headaches are gone. No more debt. No worry. If you have too much credit card debt piled on top of a mortgage, call now for your free CD. 1-800-284-5572. Chuck Morse speaks. I was my guest, commentary writer with the Washington Examiner. Uh, Ash, first of all, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Uh, talk a little bit about what you're working on right now. Uh, well, I just put out uh, an article about a poll showing that uh, the fewest number of Americans trust MSNBC um, compared to any other uh, <laughs> network. They, cut, they trust MSNBC less than they trust The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. I mean, that really tells you something about that network. Even Democrats and liberals trust. The Daily Show more than MSNBC, although I believe Democrats slightly trust MSNBC a little bit more. Uh, And I'm also still up on what's going on with women in other parts of the country. You know, the Nigerian schoolgirls or the Sudanese woman who's in jail on death row because she converted, supposedly converted from um, Islam. I mean, issues like that, issues where there really is a real war on women. You bet, and and issues that are not discussed by the left, and the de- the silence is deafening. Um, you know, and MSNBC. I mean, it's such a an obviously blatantly political outfit that uh, you could just tell that 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 they're often lying. You know, they criticize Fox News. Fox News actually has people from all various perspectives on. They may be conservative leaning, which is true, but it's just somewhat. It is more balanced. It's like. I, I think MSNBC is unbalanced, <laughs> mentally unbalanced, actually. Right. I mean, for as much, um, you know, grief that they give Fox, I mean, Fox usually, at least mostly during the daytime, will have, you know, a liberal, a real liberal, and a real conservative on, whereas on an MSNBC, they'll either have two clearly liberal people to discuss conservative issues or they'll have a republican that's barely republican on there a token right sure some you know. some token although i will say that i think msnbc joined much of the rest of the media in disgust and unco- and an uncomfortable attitude when president obama publicly criticized and called out fox news you know there's something about a president of the united states denouncing a media outlet that i think that was troubling to everybody yeah Ash Show, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Washington Examiner. Thank you. Okay, we shall return tomorrow at the usual time. Thanks for. 
And if you're worried about your parent or a loved one living alone like I was, and you want reliable senior care information, then call A Place for Mom, the nation's largest senior living referral service. You'll get free information on assisted living, Alzheimer's care, nursing homes, even important financial information. They had obviously researched every place, not just given me names. They found me a place for what she could afford, and it was magnificent. We're now very confident that she's safe, and they just helped every step of the way, and I can't thank them enough. So if you're struggling to find reliable senior living information, call a place for mom. This is a free service, and you can trust them to help you. If you're struggling to find reliable senior living information for your mom or dad, then call or go online to get the free help you need during this turbulent time. Call now, 800-469-7591, 800-469-7591.